I do get to talk about Spider-Man, but unfortunately it's not the fun kind of Spider-Man. It's the Spider-Man that was made by white people. Yeah. I mean, very, most Spider-Man was made by, white, made people, by white people, but, uh, it, we're talking by about white the... people who feel self-conscious about being white and are trying not to be, which is the worst, the, the more, second more worst importantly, kind of white person. It's any Spider-Man comic that came out after like 1996. <laughs> it's, it's like, it, it really just fucking, my God. Welcome everybody to uh, Welcome. another episode of Marvelous or the Death of Cinema. Uh, today we're stepping a little out of chronological order, which we have every right to do. It's our show. Shut up. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film for all ages that everybody loves and adores. Uh, and one million stars on Letterboxd. Our, our first animated film for the podcast. Our first animated film and uh before we get into the movie proper uh cole is going to uh continue a little bit where we left off with uh the the people's history of spider-man and set up some background on the comics and the creation of the the miles morales the the jefferson miles davis morales miles per hour miles <laughs> miles tails yeah. per hour spider-man and um sonic and and give us a, a a little bit of context that we're going to need uh, for what we have to say about this movie going in. So uh, let's uh, let's just jump right in. Yeah, go off, Queen. Yeah. So, Spider Man, you might have heard of it. Sometimes he's a black guy, and some of you actually. I'm looking at Miles's Wikipedia right now. And they have like, you know how like it'll have like the redirect to like a, if you're on the wrong page, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This one has a redirect for the black Spider-Man costume. See symbiote comics. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's a lot of people been just Spider searching Man. black Spider-Man. Does, does, is, does the symbiote make Peter Parker a person of color? Good question. We'll have to save you that. Know, for I, Venom. It, I, I think, I think if it, I think that since the symbiote never fully merged with Peter, uh, it doesn't count that. Cause that's why, that's why Venom talks as one person. You know, he does the we are Venom thing. He's like non-binary with it. Does, and then... does he say stuff about <laughs> turds floating in the wind in the comics too? You come in here again. In fact, you go anywhere in the city preying on innocent people and we will find you and eat both your arms and then both of your legs and then we will eat your face right off your head. Do you understand? Please. Yes, so you will be this armless, legless, faceless thing, won't you? Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. So so you could say Venom is a, like a metaphor for the creation of the Miles Morales Spider-Man character. You could kind of say that. A white guy wearing a black suit. Yeah. So in the uh, the Ultimate Universe, which is... A hop, skip, and a jump away from the regular 
Marvel Universe. Wait, what's the what's the 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 short definition? What is the difference between regular and the ultimate? Uh, so the ultimate was made. The ultimate was made in uh, I want to say 2000 or 2001 as sort of like a uh, a this is the new hotness kind of universe. You know, they they only picked writers that were up and coming and sort of well liked, and they had the complete keys to their own universe. They could go off in a new direction and make updated versions of characters that you're familiar with, but were much more uh, tuned for a sort of 2000s audience. Because at this point... It's, uh, it's new metal Marvel. It is new metal Marvel. It, at this point, is it post the ultimate Marvel? universe... It's uh, no, actually, it's it's during 9-11 Marvel, if for the most part. In okay. fact, like, yeah, like, all, like it's... It, it, it it wouldn't shy away from like Bush era politics at all. Uh, if we eventually ever cover another Avengers film, I'll sort of talk maybe in a bonus episode or something about how basically most of the MCU isn't really based on the actual mainstream Marvel comics. They're much more the ultimate interpretations. Uh, one that which which just probably sort of made a lot of sense when it first started in in the late 2000s. It did. In fact, uh, part of the reason part of the reason why was because uh, Mark Millar, who first created the Ultimate Universe, uh, used uh, used artist Brian Hitch, who uh, would actually base the uh, each one of the characters off of a specific actor. Well, isn't he the guy that helped uh, helped um, uh, Paul Blart get pussy? What the the movie Hitch the the completely remembered uh, God movie Hitch? Is <laughs> that that sucked, Sue? I'm sorry. Oh, man. I mean, I'm hitting you with the I'm hitting you with the uh, yeah. with the sad horn. <clears throat> so um, ultimate Peter, ultimate <laughs> ultimate Peter was uh they sort of they took him back to high school. They got rid of all of the complicated uh like years and decades of continuity drama and they're just like we're doing a story about what if Peter Parker was a kid growing up in 2000, you know, he he sags his pants. Uh his parents are sort of like older boomers instead of like people that were alive during the Great Depression. Uh in fact, Uncle Ben sort of received a, a a huge facelift where he went from being instead of like a like a like you know ancient handyman union laborer kind of guy uh now he's like an ex-hippie that's uh like i think he's working in like fucking like technology or something like he it's it's much more like what did a New York middle-class family look like in 1999 to 2000. So my old man would have called the Wonder Bread Wop, you know, he eats his Sunday gravy out of a jar. Yeah. And the ultimate universe initially uh, was like, was huge. It was, it was, it was the hotness. It was like, it was outselling the main books uh, and especially ultimate Spider-Man because writer Brian Michael Bendis drew a lot from uh, the fact that he was on the younger side, you know, most most of the people at at Marvel were like pushing fifty, and here comes this like thirty four year old guy or something around that age, uh, 
you know, coming off the cusps of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like the the Joss Whedon sort of like teen drama yeah, aesthetic, yeah, he's, and he's, he's a Whedon affiliated that. guy. They they have a character. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're not not directly God. not directly, but they have the, a very similar writing style where they're like what they're hyper fixated on like what teenagers in the 90s thought was cool or outsider teenagers in the 90s thought was cool same with like kevin smith and yeah and mall yeah. rats yeah. that just that that sort of style Gen of X. writing yeah, yeah where you're focused on like we want the simpsons season one audience <laughs> yeah and okay ultimate spider-man was a huge hit um especially because the main comics at the time were kind of uh dipping off this was when you had uh the not not quite one more day but you were getting you were getting close you know it was looming there it was it was really really sort of starting to wind down and this book offered a fresh take on on spider-man and it brought it back to what people sort of associate with the character which is like a young guy sort of figuring shit out in his early teen years uh to early adulthood and this book lasted for like 200 fucking issues. It was it's the longest running ultimate uh book by like a country mile. What what would you make of the this original Ultimate Spider-Man run as a book? I actually like it. This is the only Brian Michael Bendis comic that I will ever say is like actually good. Um I think that like even though it is essentially Joss Whedon's Spider-Man, that just it works. It really does. Like like you can really update that, like that teen. You're taking him from like kind of an outsider, like not quite a hippie, not quite a prep kid, to like a, a slacker that wears, you know, uh, cargo pants, and you know has a has a dad that like used to smoke a lot of pot. It's, it's very appropriate for the era because that, that would make him like very very slightly younger than like my big sister. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, like it, it was like they they basically turned turned him into Bart Simpson, like that kind of of character, like a rebel, but not quite. But he's also kind of a nerd, but uh, he doesn't quite fit in. And I think well, that this was, is that the only ultimate first, comic. That was when 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 it first became kind of cool to be a nerd. Exactly. Yeah. When you could, yeah. You could skateboard and hack. So, so how does how does this all tie into Miles Morales? Uh, so after, so the ultimate universe, as the years, the years were not kind to the ultimate universe. So the years weren't kind to anything that, that was like hyper fixated to the Y2K era. And after a couple particularly infamously bad crossover events, the ultimate universe was kind of just left to die. And after, uh, a comic crossover called ultimate fallout, uh, they just straight up decided to kill off Peter Parker, Spider-Man, because he'd kind of been spinning his wheels. Uh, I think they, I, I don't remember how exactly the series goes, but I believe uh, sort of diverging from the, the, the common like evolution of Spider-Man, I think he drops out of college to become Spider-Man like full time. Uh, similar to, um, the MCU Peter Parker, where he's sort of closely affiliated with, uh, with shield. Like Nick Fury is a huge character in these ultimate Spider-Man books, but he gets his ass fucking uh, murked. 
that's where Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Nick Fury. Yes, comes this from, was right? this it's was like where the first kind of modeled on actors. The first black spider, uh, black Nick Fury comes from as well. Uh, not made by Brian Michael Bendis. That was actually a Mark Mal- Mark Millar creation. Uh, or yeah, yeah. You said explicitly, Mark, you yeah. said it was Mark Millar earlier who 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 kind of originated yeah. the trend of having a celebrity. In fact, in the in the trade in the trade notes for uh for the first Ultimates series, you'll see him talking about who he would cast in an Ultimates movie, and he explicitly says like, "You can't do Nick Fury without Sam Jackson." So yeah, yeah. he's sort of to blame, I guess, for why the MCU is like that. But I mean, the it was it was sort of always going to happen. They introduced a black Nick Fury into the comic into the mainstream comic universe shortly after uh, after the the first. Uh, I think it was the or no, it was the second Iron Man film where he shows up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was just it was all things were leading to the MCU. But in the Ultimate Comics, Peter Parker got fucking murked, uh, got his ass beaten across New York City by Green Goblin, and yeah, he died. He just fucking died. Similar, actually, in this movie, uh, you know, they they go to that fucking Trinity Church or whatever. Uh, Aunt May gives a big tearful speech. Mary Jane's there. Uh, Gwen Stacy, who is Carnage in this universe, is there. Uh and nobody can see on 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 because I'm on camera, but I just made a I just made a like a what the fuck face. But any go go on go on. Yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll cover we'll we'll get to it. I'll, we'll, I'll explain. Yeah, it later. yeah, whatever. And in in the 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 Peter Parker funeral issue, they actually this is that they reveal that this random Puerto Rican kid uh, was sort of saw the whole thing go down, and he actually witnessed Peter Parker fucking die. Uh, I don't think he had spider powers yet. I can't remember. It's been... I haven't actually read these comics since I was, like, fucking 15, and I have no, no drive to ever revisit them because Miles Morales kind of fucking sucks, and, like, not in, like, a not-my-Spider-Man kind of way, in that, like... In that, like, by the 2010s, the Joss Whedon type of writer had completely lost the juice, you know? They... They had completely fucking lost it. And I'm just going to hit a few important details on the creation of Miles Morales, because you have to realize yeah. that this character, and I really, I really hate to say this because it's, it's sort of like a, almost a conservative talking point, but he's kind of an astroturfed, like, like hype character, you know, like he was, he was always created to be something more talked about than actually read uh and well, I mean, that's that's that so was all that was set up yeah now uh the last yeah that was so set up from the very beginning because before miles ever shows up in the comics uh marvel actually leaked some of the issue the where he first uh becomes peter or becomes spider-man to usa today uh about like three weeks before the actual comic dropped and it's very interesting that uh, that it was 2011, the, the year that Miles came to be, because there's a very uh, a very well known. Uh, in fact, if you're like a if you're a cart more of a cartoon person, you'll recognize this name. A very well known uh, comic book writer who was sort of the first very visibly black person in comics and cartooning uh, by the name of Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, he helped create Ben 10. He wrote, uh, 
he wrote the film adaptation of All-Star Superman. Uh, he wrote the the really good seasons of the Bruce Tim Justice League cartoon. Like this guy was just a fucking powerhouse. He created Static Shock, um, founded Milestone Media, which was the first POC owned and operated comic book imprint. Although they did because, and this is this is something that never really gets brought up. It was never about like you know. It was never about exclusion. It was about integration and sort of equity because Milestone Media did actually employ a lot of white people. In fact, from the very beginning, there were white people working on it, but all of the people in positions of power were people that he personally felt weren't represented at Marvel and DC. In, in, in fact, in a literal sense of like in a literal sense. getting work yes. and, and getting their creative input in and stuff. Like. Because he was an editor at Marvel for several years and penned a letter that I'm going to read here. Yes. Uh, this, sort of complaining. This is insane. Yes. I couldn't This was written in 1989. This is written this in 1989. From, yeah, and it this is, isn't from like 1922 or like. It is complaining about. The exact issue that Miles Morales has, which is that everyone involved in his creation was white. No, there was not a single, and I don't, I don't think that you have to have that you could like white people can write black characters, right? People, white people can create black characters, but this was a character that was designed to be talked about because he is black, because he is not white. And oh, okay, I thought you were that referring to that. Uh, teenage. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to the okay. letter. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the letter. But Miles, it's very important to note, like Miles isn't like a Black Lightning or a Steel or any of the other Black characters that have existed for a while. He was created to be controversial from the jump. You know, he's, he's he was a, created to start discourse. Product of social media era branding. Exactly. It actually more the news because I remember. Uh, I remember being like, I think I was 13 or something when this came out. Uh, and I remember like my local news was running a story about it. Like, or like, like the, the news in San Francisco was talking about this. Like this was on, this was on TV, you know, like, Oh, outrage against, you know, a black Spider-Man. And there really wasn't any outrage, you know, it was all there, there was always like a conservative minority, but that, that's the thing you know those people those people don't fucking buy comics like who cares a lot of, yeah you know? a lot of those guys like even now like gamergate whatever they're not consequential but they get a lot of attention yeah. because their hostility is itself valuable marketing butts drawing exactly attention to they them only is lucrative all these people only exist on social media and on blogs and on youtube they don't they don't represent any actual purchasing power like get woke go broke doesn't exist in real life at all. No. <laughs> like what does what like out short of like calling in a bomb threat, you know, like what you're seeing with Target, where they're like, there have been so many like death threats against Target employees for stocking Pride merchandise that they've had to recall all of the Pride merchandise. Yeah. You're sort of the, that's that's how that's how these these fandoms operate, where it is it is controlling the discourse, but not never actually like voting through, with your wallet through, through because these people were never going to buy it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Th through, through intensity of engagement though, but not, not exactly. being, like any really large constituency. Um, exactly. I mean, it, that's the flip wise true of the like Tumblr SJW archetype is like the exact same thing. Yes. In, in that respect. Although, although I will say 
more of those people are 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 likely to buy comics than than the Republican that ones, just because true. like yeah. like occasionally you know they'll get like a Fujo book in there, you know they'll get like some 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 like you know like the like the current Nightwing book is like the number one selling comic book right now because every issue is just like Nightwing with his shirt off in the shower, and and oh, they realize that like a comic book for Nicole, yeah, <laughs> yeah we found it, yeah, but. Dwayne McDuffie in 1989 wrote a letter to the editors in chief of Marvel commenting on how, how white their black characters were to sum it up. And I'm going to read you this letter. So in the past year, 25% of all African-American superheroes appearing in the Marvel universe possessed skateboard based superpowers in an attempt to remain on the cutting edge of comics I hereby propose a new series that will fully exploit this exciting new trend. Teenage Negro Ninja Thrashers. When a group of teenage Negroes find cosmic-powered skateboards, their lives are forever changed. A team of distinct characters join together, swearing an oath to use their powers for good. And he goes on to list several characters. Including actually, uh, two of two of the three characters are actual real characters that were being pushed by Marvel at the time. So you have Rocket Racer, a black guy on a skateboard; Night Thrasher, a black guy on a skateboard; and Dark Wheelie, a black guy on a skateboard. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like one of your shit. Bro. Rocket Racer and Night Thrasher are real characters. I'm not sure about Dark Wheelie. It, it genuinely wouldn't surprise I me. I didn't know when I read this they were real. God, that's funny. Uh, and their leader. The mysterious black guy on a skateboard, known only as that mysterious black guy on a skateboard. <laughs> this is a surefire hit as it contains all of these popular elements. Circa 1974 clothing and hairstyles. Bizarre speech patterns, unrecognizable by any member of any culture on, any, on the planet. A smart white friend to help them out of the trouble that they get into. They're heroes who could be you. If, they, if you were black, I mean. <laughs> if they're on skateboards, they have an attractive white female friend to calm them down when they get too excited. <laughs> Face it, Pilgrim. This one's got it all. And uh, Dwayne McDuffie later left Marvel, uh, went over yeah, to DC, made some great stuff. His his Marvel stuff is also incredible. Uh, he did a comedic series called Damage Control. It's great. He's great. Uh, R.I.P. a oh, real one because he passed away oh, really? uh, he did? Oh, six fun. months before. Miles was revealed to the public, actually. And really, you have to, you can't see Miles without seeing, especially the Spider-Verse version, without seeing, like, this is the, this is the Antichrist, so to speak of, that McDuffie warned us about. Because even in the comics, he's like, a white man's interpretation of what a black yeah. teenager would be like. Yeah. That's... From the very beginning. I mean, people on Twitter have been constantly pointing out that uh, his father's name is Jefferson Davis, a president of the Confederacy, and he's a police officer. Apparently, uh, now Bendis has explained that that is that he has a friend named Jefferson Davis, allegedly. I don't know anything about that. It's, it's actually uh, a, a common name. I believe like it. I do. No, I, mean, I do. That is Jeff. That Davis. is the. That is. Are that you is sure like, he wasn't that thinking is, of the Jeffersons. I think he. I, that's what I was going to say. I think he's thinking Davis. of the that Jeffersons is, that is, and Miles Davis. That is yeah. only one of the the sort of like the pyramid of of whiteness that is the creation of Miles Morales. And it extends. Wait, to are you the saying movie. white people can make pyramids? Let's just. 
Yeah, I, 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 I mean, the Jews built them, yeah. right? I mean, to inter to interject really quickly here before yeah, go we ahead. continue, but like as someone who like when I first saw Spiders, I gave it like a solid 4.5 out of 5. And on, on rewatch, it is very obviously a movie written by well-meaning, but com- totally like your average bog standard Hollywood lib white person. Yeah. Oh, uh, to be fair, the reason the reason why Miles was created is because my, uh, Bendis is like eight black kids that he's adopted from Ethiopia. He loves making black characters. Uh, the the black girl Iron Man that we'll see in Black Panther I, two was Man? created by him. Okay. Uh, the there's a character Naomi over at DC Comics who had a brief like four issues uh, or four episode television series on the CW was also created by him because. Bendis is the is for some reason like the goat at getting royalties. He also uh, executive produced this movie. He executive well. he executive produced this movie. He worked on all of the Marvel Netflix shows, I believe. Uh, the there are parts of the Daredevil show that are based on his Daredevil run. He created Jessica Jones. Uh, oh, he, he created Jessica Jones. Okay, he did actually. Uh, I recently read the Jessica Jones comic. It fucking sucks. It, it is like it is so Whedon that it hurts. Like, and and th- that's like probably his his most well liked comic. There, there, there's something about like being like having all like male like 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 feministy themes, but then also you're just yeah. totally working through your uh, fucking mind control fetish. Also, maybe a race play fetish because in yeah, in like the I second exactly issue of Jessica Jones. She's like having like a traumatic episode. So she calls up Luke Cage and then Luke Cage has anal sex with her so that she can like calm down with. Wait, it's, it, yeah. how, how do you, how, do, how is it specifically? Anal it's, sex? it's heavily implied in the Dude, writing. Just look up the, look up the page. Look up. The it's page. heavily implied in the writing. Cause. fucking strange man uh anyways the second rung on miles morales uh sort of totem pole of shit is that miles morales was visually inspired by and in fact nearly all of the reason for his being was the fact that obama was elected president uh yeah he is visually inspired by a teenage obama um he was uh in fact there's like i I, i'll have to see if i can find it but there's an interview where he's like holding up a picture of obama like next to the fucking the like like the the book stack or whatever uh so so there's that (laughs) and then and then there's the fact that originally if you follow traditional naming structure, uh, Miles Morales was going to be named Miles Davis <laughs> because his father's name is Jefferson Davis. Yeah. And apparently Marvel editorial was like, no, you can't do that. Like you just, you can't do that. That's uh, a little too far. Yeah. I like Miles Davis. There, I have nothing against no, Miles he's, Davis. He's, he's awesome. He's one of the best jazz musicians of all time. That being said, what the fuck does he have to do with Spider-Man? 
what the fuck? Like, yeah. For some reason, for some reason, black characters are only allowed to be named after like other black people in reality. Like, there's no, there's no amount of like fictitiousness that like black characters can have. They have to be like based on real life struggle and real life uh, overcoming oppression. Because the spider that bites Miles Morales has the experiment number forty two on it, and most people assume that that was a reference to. Uh, the, yeah, I saw the 42s in the movies, and I yeah. thought it was a Douglas Adams thing. I, yeah, yeah, most people assume Spider it's a Douglas Spider. Adams reference, because Spy- he's the multiverse Spider-Man, you know? And and he's the weird, he goes on weird, trippy adventures like a, like a Douglas Adams book. It's actually based on Jackie Robinson's jersey yeah. number. fuck on man yeah someone on tumblr or tumblr twitter i saw like was making an impassioned like thread about how important that is Uh, and i was like i want to remind you no (laughs) black people were ever no black people were involved in the making of this uh like no poc were even writing (laughs) miles comics until like three years ago it was all white people um it's it's this weird weird thing, and you, we saw it a lot after Trump got elected. Just in general, where you like where it's like a certain kind of white liberal, especially if they're like maybe a little older, have this weird totemic fetishistic relationship with black people, like 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 as this like kind of like icon of something to them, something noble or beautiful or 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 or, 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 or no, I already said noble. I don't know exactly how to describe it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and it's, so it's There's, like, you go to make a character like this and it's not just like, Oh, I wrote a Spider-Man and he's black. It's like, it's like you're patting yourself on the back for, for breaking, for, for doing the equivalent of what Jackie Robinson did in baseball by having a black Spider-Man in the, yeah. in the 2010s. <laughs> and there's nothing controversial about it. There's arguably nothing that like was gained by black people while they're being black, a black Spider-Man. Like, they it's 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 fucking awful but moving on uh miles debuts in 2011 to thunderous internet reviews and almost zero book sales uh because (laughs) nobody fucking buys comics they they certainly and this was like three years before they even pulled the fucking plug on the whole ultimate universe to begin with and so miles's original book lasts 25 issues which is only two years uh but a funny little thing happens. Uh, almost, it's it's actually kind of almost like cosmic fate in a way, where a uh, friend of the show, Amy Pascal, fucked up and got her emails leaked. And yes, in one of those emails, yeah. in one of those emails, she says, Spider-Man must always be white and always be straight and always be whatever the fuck. And this well, was, was right. Like contra- like, um. I, I know neither of you fucking listen to the podcast, but we did. We, uh, we talked about that, that on that the letter, Amazing Spider-Man letter. episode. Exactly. Uh, Matt and Amy Pascal got in trouble for like sending emails about like, I think President Obama would really like the new Tyler Perry Medea movie. Like shit like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so, so she got, so she got caught having a heated white woman moment. Uh, <laughs> and right about that time, uh, Community was sort of reaching the end of its run, and at the same time as well, 
Sony announces that they're going to be working on a new Spider-Man movie. So on the internet, I want to state heavily on the internet and almost not at all in real life, people start championing for Donald Glover to play the new Spider-Man. I kind of remember yes, this. Yes, I remember this. Donald Glover was at the time like fucking I don't even know how old. Uh yeah, he's already he's, he's, he's already like he's, 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 he's pushing at 30 point, right? at this yeah. point. Yes. He's pushing 30. I mean, not that uh, that stopped Andrew Garfield. Not that that like, stopped Andrew like, Garfield, but he 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 always had like an old he never really had a youthful look about him. He always looked wise beyond his years. He there was no fucking way he was ever going to be able to convincingly play a teenager. Uh, so obviously this did not happen. Although uh, a couple years later, they did they did let Glover voice uh, Miles Morales in a cameo in uh, in one of the the Disney Spider Man cartoons. So as like an attempt to placate people, uh, but people were never never going to be placated. You know they needed that big screen African American Spider Man. Now yeah they needed meanwhile they needed comic Spider Man comics African American Spider Man was still bombing. They had he had wound up on a team book, I believe called like the Bombshells or the New Ultimates or something like that. It was one of the last fucking books to ever come out of the Ultimate Universe. Canceled after like eight issues, had some pretty art. No one fucking read it. Um but another Spider-Man thing came out in that year to sort of drive hype towards towards Spider-Man and uh specifically Miles who people just really felt at Marvel editorial would be the next big thing. Uh, they, they released a, a, uh, I believe it was four issues, three issues, maybe. Uh, yeah, they, they released a, a crossover called spider Man, in which, uh, Peter Parker meets, uh, Miles Morales by when he accidentally ends up in the ultimate universe. And, the the crossover is whatever. It's your normal, like, you know, fish out of water story. But at the end, Peter attempts to look up Miles. And they never show you what the actual Google search results are. But uh, the look on Peter's face is, like, is not a good one. And oh, he, he stumbled he, he across the, book the, saying, the fan fiction. Yeah, he stumbled across the fan fiction. But he uh, he ends up... Uh, ends the book by saying like, oh my God, oh my God. And there it was for a cliffhanger for almost five years. Later, uh, in like 2017, they revealed that he's just, it, <laughs> that if he didn't get the Spider-Man powers, he would end up in prison. Uh, <laughs> of course working for, working for the Kingpin. But it's it's heavily alleged. And I want to say, uh, this, is, this is parody, non-actionable, you can't sue me for this. It has been heavily rumored on on the rumor mills that the story originally was going to end with like a news story that Miles had been killed in like a police shooting. Uh, uh there's uh. been uh, they they've 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 never confirmed this. It was 2013. It was right when all that shit was blowing up. And yeah, that's Jesus Christ. Not that making him a criminal was any better, but uh you could really, because especially especially because Bendis Bendis really needed that edge. You know, he really needed that comeback. You know, Ultimate Spider Man had been very grounded in reality, or at least as much as you could for a Spider Man issue. You know, they yeah. had a lot of a lot of things dealing with like you know very current issues. They had they had issues on like on like modern sexuality. They had issues on gun violence. 
it was it was very much like a like things are happening book. Uh, yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Woke people. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the Sorry. thing I, I kind of was trying to say earlier. Is it's like black characters can only exist as like iconographic representations of the discourse. They're they're never just yes. people in their own right. Uh, in yes. the, in this kind of writing. Although to be fair, he also did this with white Spider-Man. I think this is just how his brain works, but <laughs> that being said, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be able to, who let this man cook, you know, like, you know, this is how his brain works. Don't give him the, the cool black, cool new black Spider-Man because yeah. he won't make him very cool. And he'll come off almost kind of preachy. And that was sort of it for Miles. Uh, in 2016, they moved him into the uh, mainstream universe after Secret Wars because the Ultimate Universe done got blown up, and they moved him. They they announced sort of almost immediately after that that coming in 20 some point whenever this movie came out, 2018, there would be an animated Black Spider Man movie. And yeah. it would have the Lego movie guys in it. Uh, yeah, but so that's, well, I want to point, I want to point them, out one, one thing, but yeah, yeah go on. one half of them. Exactly. Actually, the other one is listed as a producer. Yeah. Had nothing Christopher to do Miller, with Phil yeah. Lord. Um, I know them better. I never fucking watched the Lego movie, but I fear we're going the to have to watch the Lego people, yeah. movie at some point for this podcast. But like, I, I watched like a bunch of clone high when I moved into my like last apartment. Cause the talk about the revival was coming back and I thought to watch it. It's genuinely really funny. Um, oh, I believe so it. Like, there are, there are, uh, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to say like the two things I liked about this movie. And then we're going to, I'm going to go back to, yeah, then we got to actually and, talk yeah. about the movie. <laughs> yeah. The two things really? that, that, that you can give the movie are for the time. It is very pretty. Now, after it came out, every animator realized, Oh, we can do that too. And every animated movie looks like this now. Every animated movie has the the funny frame rate changes and all that shit. Nothing about this movie is special anymore. They did not. They did, and they 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 decided to just double down in the sequel and not change any of the, not change or innovate whatsoever. They're just going to make more of the same. But the movie's pretty. It's fine. It looks good. I watched the 4K. Looked great on my TV. If I was stoned out of my, I was completely sober. But I bet if I was high out of my mind, I might have bumped it up a half star. Um, the other thing that's good about this movie, there were like two jokes where I laughed. Which ones? There were, there were, uh, Name them. Fuck, dude, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, actually, one of them was the end credit scene, just because it was funny to see the the Bakshi, uh, the, the Bakshi-led really? Spider-Man from the... Yeah, it was his because first... He was like fucking like I 19. I see the fucking pointing thing... Now I, it's I just, just it's that, that part wasn't fun. that part wasn't funny. I just and... found that like there was a couple okay, yeah. there was a couple gags around the fact that it's like four frames of animation per second. Okay, yeah, and I that get that. that was funny. <laughs> That's uh, the, then... the literally the very last like after the credits roll. <laughs> yeah, and then one of your two the laughs. The entire scene with Doc Ock was funny. I will admit that she she they took a they took a character that no one gave a shit about, which was the woman Doc Ock from the 1990s Ben Riley Spider Man comics, and they managed to make her pretty funny by turning in her, her into like a new age yoga mom with weird like leather dom outfit kind of thing there were there were a couple jokes in there that were good into like chemistry 
basically. So that she's like every Tumblr like lesbian's dream woman, and she's voiced by Catherine Hahn, who's like Natasha Lyonne, like an honorary lesbian. Wife. I liked I liked when they went I liked when they went into the cafeteria and they were like, oh, these guys are fucking nerds. Let's go jump out the window. And then all of these people have like space guns because they work at like the the Hitler science place. Yeah. So the, the I, I mean I found the movie generally pretty consistently amusing and competent. It just never it just always felt like it was being written according to like written competently, but still written according to here's what we'll sell, here's what we'll sell, here's what we'll sell. It never felt like anybody working on this was driven at the writing or story level was driven by their own impetus or interest. It's like purely what do we think the audience will like, uh, what will sell. This is the first post Tom Holland, Sony product. And you can really see that they are absolutely desperate for any kind of identity. I think that's why this movie has like a miracle for them. This movie has like 2% more artistry than your average uh, cape shit blockbuster. I wouldn't say two percent, but I don't. I don't yeah. want to give Sony any credit. All of this was because they were like, "Fuck, dude, we don't have the Venom movie yet. We need, we need a fucking hit." Uh, Marvel's kicking our ass right now, and admittedly, Feige did play some dirty pool by like fucking capitalizing on the Sony hacks to start like a conversation about. Uh, about Spider-Man. Well, in I, the I remember MCU. they they got the fandom really invested in the idea of bringing uh, Spider-Man home. Hence the exactly all these fucking Spider-Man movies. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Once again, it's amazing how corporations have figured out how to make cults of themselves and their products and just rope people yeah. into because this is yeah this is a marketing nego- this is like a licensing negotiation. And they've managed to turn it into, into like I don't know, like the Beatles getting their masters back or some shit. Like the, the MCU Sardaukar will will destroy Sony headquarters if they if they do not yeah. return Spider Man. Well, well, that and um, at this point, like I don't know. Like I think the only other sort of. I know there were a couple like Sony animation had like a couple things. Like I know they did the, the cloudy with a chance of meatballs, which I think was also a full, uh, a Lord Miller associated oh, that, thing. I think I've never seen it, but that sounds right. That. I didn't, I didn't yeah. I think so. That but, sounds I right. mean, it's got the is, same. This kind is of 2018. Humor. This is, you know, post fucking frozen. Like this is, you know, we're, we're yeah. firmly in like, we're not getting 2d animated shit from the big animation studios anymore. That's Actually, not happening. That would be really funny if it was Lord and Miller doing the Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs movie because the black cop in that is just the, is doing the same jokes as Miles' dad. Has any uh, of you ever seen that movie? No, they have a black no. joke who's like child. the whole pun is that like the whole joke is like similar to Miles' dad where he's like big scary like jacked cop guy, <laughs> but actually he's like a sensitive he's a sensitive man. And who he embarrasses cries. his son in public for no reason. And embarrasses his family. Yeah, in public. yeah, they that did. Was, that was stupid. But anyways, uh, what I was Cloudy saying with a chance of meatballs, Twenty One Jump Street, Meatballs Two, Lego Movie, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, what I was what I was saying, like, not only did Sony need a hit, but I think definitely Sony Animation Studios needed something to like put them on par with, like, you know, Pixar. DreamWorks, even fucking, I mean, Illumination was like, like eating their lunch with the yeah. fucking minions shit. 
you know, so this like this this was a, a boon to everyone at Sony, basically. It saved a sinking uh sinking ship rather well. Yeah, and um, it also proved that like because pr- prior to this, outside of your illumination films, you didn't really have animated films except for every four years you would get a Pixar movie that would do like a billion dollars that everyone would have to see. You had like your Pixar event movies, and then you had your illumination films, which just just did kind of okay. And DreamWorks and yeah, yeah. your Dream DreamWorks would put out a, a movie every once in a while. This sort of proved that like animation could have competition, but the animation world responded to that by just making every movie look like this. Like, I mean, I, I, I the, the, the new Puss in Boots movie is just is, Puss in yeah. Boots enter the spider verse. Like they even do the frame rate changes that this movie does to sort of distinguish between like good characters and bad characters. Yeah. Well, what's, that's why I was like really curious what Stu's reaction to this would be because for the, for the longest time, like I think maybe since like, episode one you've been saying like a lot of these cave shit movies just might as well be animated they they should be and i think this proves me right like visually yeah this is on Uh, the better end of shit we get now absolutely in my opinion yeah i gave it a half star more than any of the other ones that we've seen so it is nice to see animation techniques applied to stuff done in 3d on a computer because they could have done that the whole time yeah Um, and they used to do it. If you look at really early CG stuff, they actually did it more then than they do now. But like, yeah, because because CG stuff often has this like excess smoothness of motion. Nothing is snappy. Like Everything's just a little floaty. Yeah. yeah. And it's like if you cut frames out, you can give it a snappiness um, uh, uh, to things. Which is is very funny that like like God, dude, it fucking it sucks that like we had a movie that like sort of like peeked behind the curtain where it was like you could do anything with animation and then literally they're just like okay so we can do this with animation yeah we, we can do the one thing we know sold yeah um, you could do so much with frame rate changes with with artificial rubber hosing with all of the techniques that this movie does or you could just even textures. like innovate and create your own techniques you know like yeah there's, yeah, there's, there's so no, much that this movie no didn't rules. do that you could do that, that's so why I like, um, I still have a fondness for something like reboot or like early, like video game CG cutscenes in some cases. Cause they, they, they kind of have, uh, the technology was so early that they did kind of like weird things to, they're, they're like, well, we, there's a lot we can't do, but there's yeah. this handful of things we can do that you can't do any other way. And it had a distinct, it was crude, but it had a distinct look and distinct qualities that they immediately abandoned as soon as they could do Shrek. Um, exactly. Uh, just all of this potential to use, uh, exploit the unique qualities of your medium are abandoned in favor of just doing what's, what's like very safe and conventional. Um, and I think, you know, like, you know, big budget Western animation needed like evidence that like, oh, audiences will watch something even slightly different. Um, you can do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I once again, it was again, a shot I'm in the arm, that... but it didn't fix the root problem. No, well, the, yeah, the root I, problem yeah, is that, like animation is just like sort of like a musical chairs of like one copying the, you know, it's like it's like a fucking Xerox machine, you know? Yeah, I mean, even yeah. the even that the bad guys movie that they did was like it had that the, oh, the furries like, loved that style. My, it, they my, did actually. It went, I it, loved it. it, it. 
it did so well at work. So well with the furries. And I know because of certain someone I miss very dearly desperately wanted me to go see the bad guys with them. And I was like, I love you, but no. <laughs> um, but like just put that to, Billie Eilish song in it. I think they did. Yeah. But like, I like, I still have a lot of goodwill towards this movie because of its visual style. I, I mean, again, I'm once again, voicing the girlfriend opinion here. I know that's, that's my thing. And like, I, 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 I don't know. I I do think it it had something of a positive impact in terms of like actually giving some variety to like mainstream animated shit. So nothing ever like, you know, now we get like something like this and it's not all like movies that just look like shiny minion asses and shit like that. Like but I now just I, everything looks like this. But now, now it's not, yeah, it's but not that's special also, anymore. That's the yeah. double edged sword, but like, yeah, yeah, revisiting it, revisiting it, like the, the the old tried and true Sue adage about the cotton candy half-life of these things, like, rings true. I did not get as much enjoyment out of it. It is very much, like, I'm very aware of how it uses its, like, pretty visual style to kind of dis- attempt to distract you from being, like, as you clearly and very nicely explained, Cole, just the the stupid uh, whiteness of of Miles' yeah. story. <laughs> I haven't even touched on what they added for this movie because this movie. Oh my god! Like, they yeah. were in their in like they didn't have Can a I, lot um, to work with. Should I attempt? Yes. Uh, yeah. A, a yeah. brief summary yeah. of the movie's plot. And, okay, and, so, how, and then uh, I will I will peel back the curtain a little bit and talk about. Why this movie does what it does, and so why Miles is Morales movie, like is an a, hour into the episode. <laughs> well, we're because we're getting to the movie now. After doing yeah. so, Miles Morales in the movie is uh, an Afro Latino. His dad's a cop. His uncle is a cool guy. His mom seems nice enough. She's barely in the movie, and his dad rides him too hard because he's a gifted kid, and he goes to the gifted kid school. Uh, but he doesn't want to go to the gifted kid school. He he wants to slack off and make graffiti because he's a, a, a cool urban youth. Um, his cool uncle takes him down into an abandoned underground location to do graffiti where he, and then he gets bit by a magic spider that gives him Spider-Man powers and he has no idea what's going on until a literal comic, uh, Spider-Man comic falls on his face and he's like, Oh, I have Spider-Man powers because we're doing the thing where Spider-Man as an IP exists in the universe of Spider-Man. So everybody can be Spider-Man fans in Spider-Man. Your your favorite um, trope. My favorite trope. Uh, he meets the real Spider-Man, or well, like Peter Parker Spider-Man, who immediately dies trying <laughs> to stop Kingpin from turning on uh, a dimension machine. And uh, the dimension machine causes a bunch of other Spider-Men to enter this universe and so he strikes up a, a, a friendship mentorship with a schlubby divorced Spider-Man. And then he meets girl Spider-Man, uh, cartoon Spider-Man, which is just the joke from Last Action Hero. Uh, and by I, cartoon I Spider-Man, really, he's like Porky Pig uh, and a, yeah, it's John a Mulaney noir Spider-Man. It's John Mulvaney visibly on cocaine. Like, oh, yeah. now he's visibly, and he's not even on camera. He's anime visibly. girl yeah. with a robot Spider-Man, which I now, now that forgot you, about. Now that you know how that, like John John Mulvaney used to just be a fucking wait, what drug is, fiend. Wait, 
Cole, oh, what hold is on. Can we? Sorry, no, we'll, we'll get to this after I. John Mulvaney? Not John Mulvaney. <laughs> it's John Mulaney. <laughs> Fuck! God damn it! It is. There is. Who's the, who's Mulvaney? Dylan is Dylan. Dylan, Mulvaney? you're thinking of Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> Who? <sighs> God damn it! I am. You're you're on that Bud Light. I'm not even uh, on Twitter that it. much anymore, and I still have this shit bleeding into my subconscious. Uh, anyways. Any anyways. Um. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, can't control his powers, which also inexplicably include electricity and invisibility. Uh, he struggles <laughs> to learn how to be a Spider-Man. Uh, he, he gets a heartfelt lecture from his dad, discovers his uncle's actually working for the Kingpin. Uh, his uncle gets shot by the Kingpin. His dad thinks he as Spider-Man did it, but then immediately thinks otherwise by the end of the movie. So it doesn't matter. And then after getting a heartfelt lecture from his dad, he, he learns to control his powers perfectly and do everything right and saves the day and sends all the other Spider-Man back home. Um, and yeah. now he is the Spider-Man of this universe. But as, as the, the speech Mary Jane gives about dead old Spider-Man says, we're all Spider-Man and there's a Spider-Man in all of us. And we've all got powers and heroes. And because of the multiverse, there's a Spider-Man for everybody to, to represent yeah. you, exactly you. Are you are you a, a bisexual, gender non-conforming, Norwegian fucking fisherman? Well, there's a Spider-Man who is just like you out there somewhere in the multiverse, and you can buy his action figure and get mad at all the other action figures. Yeah, there's a gay Spider-Man somewhere out there, what, like a... Like a gay ass, like cruising leather daddy Spider Man somewhere he, out there. He shoots the webbing out of his ass. Out of his, and his no, dick. he shoots well, yeah, out of his ass and dick. I uh, there's so I before I talk about the comic book stuff in this movie, I just want to I want to break Nicole's heart real quick. Okay. So the Asian girl Spider Man, uh, is based Penny on a, Parker. a character, Penny Parker. I was kind of hoping you would you you said that you would say that she was your favorite, so it would make it sting now, a little bit more. On this on this watch, I didn't like her animation. So it looked cheap. It it looks it, it doesn't look they right. Should have yeah. committed to like they should have gotten like trigger or something to like come and animate like an actual That's, like it's, anime. It's studio. funny. It's funny that you mentioned an actual anime studio. It's funny you mentioned trigger especially because do you know about the backstory about Penny Parker? No, go off. I like that it's I just, oh, I just want to mention before before we go into that. It's spelled P N P E N I. Penny Parker. So it's it's yeah. one letter off from penis. Yeah, penis Parker. Oh, um, penis Parker, penis Parker. So Penny Parker comes from uh, the crossover that most of this movie takes takes from, which is Spider-Verse. And she comes from Edge of Spider-Verse, which was these one-shots where they would visit other Spider-Man and sort of get a feel for them before they showed up in the crossover uh, proper. And this issue was written by none other than My Chemical Romance's own Gerard and oh, that's so funny. Hell it's yeah. actually a really great issue. I, I really recommend it. It's got some fantastic art. But Gerard Way is a huge anime fan. Yes. And really just a fan of anything in pop culture. And so he wanted to do an anime Spider-Man. But Spider-Man, you know, he's an angsty teenager. Spider-Man. Kind of kind of has weird parental issues. Uh, he's science-related. There's sort of this, uh, this, this, this almost biblical angst about him. So he was trying to figure out what anime should I base my Spider-Man comic on? And Peter, 
You have to get in the robot or we'll make Gwen Stacy do it. Actually, you're right. <laughs> I know. I, I mean. You're right. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Penny Parker comic is literally just, what if Spider-Man was also Evangelion? In fact, the, the, the opening page features cameos from Asuka, Rey, and Shinji in the background. Oh, wait. Uh, I've seen that screenshot. Yeah, I have. I, I've seen that yeah. screenshot. And okay. Probably because they didn't want to get sued, they they sort of redesigned the robot as more of a generic ball, kind of BB-8 looking thing uh, on wheels. But there is a there is there is a better version of this movie out there somewhere. The, yeah, the where movie they just, does allude to like the robot, the transforming robot that she has having the the spirit of her dad in it. And... Yeah, and the spirit of her dad specifically living in a spider. In the robot, yeah. In the robot, yeah. The spider lives in the robot. Her dad lives in the spider. The, the, the spider, like uh, bullshit. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 actually really fun. I just read it before we came on. Uh, it's 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 short. I don't think she ever actually got any other comics because really none of the other Spider Verse characters that weren't already established Spider Man did. Because this this movie does feel like like a like a TV show that brings on a character to do a stealth pilot for their show. It like like it's, yes. it feels like they're like any one of these characters could catch on and we could merchandise them and give them a cheaply animated show or a, a Most, streaming actually, or something. Actually outside of Penny Parker uh, all of the other Spider-Men that have speaking roles in this have been around for like twice as long as Miles. Really? All of them? Yeah. Spider-Man Noir first came out in like 2002. Nick Cage is like Noir Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there's a there's a Spider-Man Noir miniseries. I think it was like six issues or something that was just like Marvel did like a Noir line where they were like, you know, what if what if their their characters were Noir? Uh they they sort of toned him down in the in this version because the noir Spider-Man is kind of brutal. Uh, he's like loosely yeah. based on the Shadow, except he's also Spider-Man. So he's this like poor labor activist that just gets like left for dead in like the weird like foreign part of New York City. That, that sounds kind of rad, actually. Yeah, actually, this... it's it's a great six issue miniseries. It's it's too bad that they. They kind of toned it down a little bit in I this. I mean, Nick Cage is clearly make... having fun wearing like sunglasses and a leather jacket in a recording booth I, doing his. I've bit. been reading. Yeah. I've been reading Raymond Chandler uh, recently, and I felt like very underwhelmed by uh, the, the same thing with the the Penny Parker, like the anime Spider Man. Is that they both felt like jokes. Uh, being made about a genre by people that didn't actually know anything about the genre they're making jokes about. So they're just making yeah. jokes about the, like, like they're making jokes about the stereotypes they already got from other parodies without any direct knowledge. Especially, of the thing especially Penny. About. And I feel like part of, part of why Penny's like that is just like, we can't make her look like an Evangelion or we'll get sued. Uh, Cause her robot looks exactly like, I mean, it's a little bit smaller because it's like, it's like person size. Like I think it's only like 10 feet tall or something like that. Instead it fits of being in like, living room. Yeah. Yeah. It can swing. Cause it has to web swing. Uh, and, but like, it has the same like weird shoulders that the, and, and the, it even has like a, it, it's, it's actually kind of cool. It takes the, uh, like the, the, the panels of color that the Evangelion robots have where they would have like stripes. And then it just sort of like, and like bands of the armor and it just sort of applies Spider-Man's mask to that where it's like what would Spider-Man's mask look like if it was constru constructed into like Eva armor okay uh yeah great comic read Edge of Spider-Verse I think it's 5 
or six. I don't know. It's one of those. It's it, it, she's on the cover. You'll fucking you'll know which one it is. Uh, and yeah, Spider Ham uh, has been around since like the seventies. He's just so been like silly. A, the fact that that's yeah, real. He, <laughs> that's Marvel like used to do a lot bullshit. of like a lot of like. Well, they used to do like a lot of like Mad Magazine like. Like yeah, had, no, he's clearly it, like a mad magazine. Yeah, like, they had like, a they had a magazine. I think it was called What the and because they have What If and they had What the and What the was like a joke version of What If. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where Spider Man or Spider Ham first showed up. What what the what the fuck if uh Sp- if Spider Man were a pig? <laughs> I don't know what the accent that was. I think the only character that's newer than Miles is also the Spider not Peter Spider-Man that has the most screen time, which is Spider-Gwen. Can Miguel, can you insert like Scooby-Doo thunderclouds <laughs> into here? Because Spider-Gwen comes from a time in which comic books were basically like, fuck it. If the, if it sells, we'll do it, which is sort of all of comics, but it was really bad in the 2013s around the Tumblr year, you know, the, the like eternal fucking second Obama administration and spider Gwen, I think was originally a variant cover for like a, like a imagining what Gwen Stacy would look like as spider woman and the variant cover sold well and got a lot of buzz online. So they turned her into a character. Uh, actually both of the Spider-Man creators have now been accused of uh, sexual misconduct. I wanted to point that out. I, originally, it was just yeah. one, but I guess the other guy also did some sus shit at a con. As uh, per tradition. As per tradition. And it really it really makes sense. Like, normally, I'm like, separate the art from the artist, you know? But so much of uh, Spider-Gwen, especially in this movie and in the comics, feels like a... It's, it's the Ramona Flowers Efficacion of, Spider- yeah. of Spider-Man. It's like it's that kind of like simpering yet transgressive sexuality where you like you want the girl to be dominated, but you're gonna be you're gonna push her to dominate you. You know, you're wanting to. Yeah, the the, the, it's, the it's the it's the the kind of yeah. I do like her design. She, she's yeah. the cool. The, yeah, it's it's the 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 snarky cool girl who's so above you, and then because she's so above you, you want to have her. But then yeah, it's also the fact that she's above you is what you get off on. So it's like and it's, it's the it's the, the liberal version. It's the liberal version of being an incel. It's the like like if you if you're if you're that kind of guy, you have two choices. You can become an incel, or you can become like a male feminist type that just yeah. like. It does a does a Joss Whedon? There's such, so much yeah, Joss it's, it's total the, energy. It, it is the Joss Whedon trip, which is like yeah. the woman who can kick you, kick your ass, and you like simultaneously want to dominate and be dominated by her. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so you create, so you create her within your own fictional context. You can sort of yeah. play God with her. Yeah. It's a weird. It's and a she's weird even like in a band, which is like she's in like a punk, Riot Girl punk band, uh, of course. And she plays ballet. Like she's just perfect, you know. She, she's she's effortless when she's introduced. They, they this sort of like seeps into the movie where when she's like introduced, she's like the only one that has her shit together. Uh, oh yeah, she's she's just awesome all the time. Yeah, kind of. And again, like that's another thing that like it sounds like a right wing talking point, but it's like right wingers hang on to that talking point because there is some truth to it. This is our most right wing episode ever.
they're also fronting for their reactionary cultural grievance, but they're not, they're coming to the wrong conclusion. Yeah. Or they, I think people, yeah, they, they observe that and then they get told that they're sexist for recognizing it. And then that pushes them. I think they were, I think most of them were already sexist. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But but definitely it's like, it's like a, it's, it's sort of like the, the, like how, how more respected Ditko for realizing that the, the current system of capitalism wasn't right, but he came to the conclusion that Randianism was the correct, uh, the correct way. It's like the, you, you, you realize something is wrong. But your methodology for fixing that is just completely flawed and arguably would lead to a worse outcome than what already exists. Uh, and that's sort of what the core of like right-wing counter fandom is. Because a lot of times, those guys do tend to win. They're winning right now with Star Wars, where every show is Boba Fett being cool. And yeah. they're, almost, they're almost kind of winning now in, in comics, where it's like fucking like you know, every single movie with a black woman in it bombs because they do stunt casting. And then like every, every movie that's like, you know, what if the, what if the Punisher was actually right the whole time, you know, does like gets picked up at Netflix or whatever. And I think yeah. that, that's just Hollywood flailing to try and find the secret sauce. So once their one paradigm kind of runs out of juice, like, Oh, what's the next exactly. thing? But they just, they're looking at, there's this misconception, I think, with all these people that social media is representative of the real world. That like if a hundred thousand people on Twitter or Tumblr want something, they represent like a proportional sample of like a hundred million people who want it. And that's not true. It's the hundred thousand people who care one way or the other about that are the entire 100,000 people that are on the internet talking about yeah. it. I'm not, um, I, I, if I change even one person's mind about Miles Morales being a good character, I will be, I will be, I will succeed, especially this version. Cause they, my God, you can tell that like, that the Fantano style white boy was all over yeah. the shit. So <laughs> two minutes into the movie, they're blasting like, they're blasting the notorious B.I.G. Oh, that was so yeah, bad. Yeah, it's, it's either like 90s rap that like Gen X guys yeah. think is or still the coolest thing, or it's, I don't know, it's whatever. It's soft is. boy rap. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, like it's, the, it's, it's, it's like, the rap that my little sister listens to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's the it's the soft boy urban outfitters like like, you know. No, that's uh, no, that's that shit's like what you're listening to in like a waiting no, room. No, d- yeah, dude, Juice World, X Juice World is on the soundtrack. XXX Tentacion is on the soundtrack. This is all asked? stuff that that I yeah, this is all stuff that I listen to. Sway Lee, Jaden Smith is on the soundtrack. Jayden this is Smith. <laughs> this is yeah. stuff that you listen to during like the the 2017 2018 like Brockhampton summer where the 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 only way that you could get like pussy from someone with a septum ring was by like dressing like a skater but then also like also getting a septum ring and dyeing your hair to prove that you were like you know a non-toxic man when in reality all of these people were the same toxic men that they they were when before all this happened, they're just it's just peacocking, you know. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah it's all the, affectation. The, the needle drops in this feel like just like it's like a like an Imagine Dragons song, like needle drop on like that level. There were this is this is this is Obama's Spotify playlist. No, no, this is this is this is worse. Where it's like 
it's it's trying to it's it's like if this was Imagine Dragons, it's like okay, you want you want like the people that unironically get excited to work like to like corporate work radio at their like big box store <laughs> job. Those are the those are Imagine Dragons fans. These. These are like I'm trying. I'm trying to explain. I like I. F- I feel like th- this is the the only time when my 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 generation gap feels like it's actually coming into play here. It's like, uh, so, you know, soft boy shit. It's like uh uh, like like remember when everyone was going crazy over Pete Davidson as like the sexiest guy ever because he had like that really was so like, weird. He looked, like, I never, yeah, it was yeah. I remember that. I don't understand as the it. The sexiest but I it. guy alive. Him. Nicole, where have you been? This coked out, this coked out white boy. He fucked Kim Kardashian. I know, but I don't. I don't remember an online campaign of. Yeah, do you remember like the big Pete dick Davidson. energy thing where it's like if you oh, look like yeah, you skate, yeah, yeah, and no, you I remember skate, that. That was the last dying gasp of that. But like, it all started in like kind of like art rap, kind of like, you know your 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 flower boy like Tyler the Creator yeah. era that kind of and that's that's who this movie is for it's for people that don't skate but they like or they're like two degrees separated from someone that does you know it's literally me when i was 17 and like trying desperately to fit in and then realizing that like nobody cares this the scene is this like this scene is going to dry up in two weeks like you know nobody nobody's going to be hanging out at the at dead malls anymore like ironically you know it's 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 almost it's almost the gen z version of like mall rat like slacker culture you know it's a very similar thing where it's like it's 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 over committing to a style of like of of both looking different than everyone else but also like you know, you're you're dying it's, your it's hair. A, you're it's, it's a bold it's peacocking by by minimum effort. You know, it's like okay, I'm gonna dye my hair. I'll wear the you know this the the Thrasher hoodie. I'll I'll listen to you know uh, a band from Portland called like Non-Binary Girlfriend. Actually, I listened to a band from Portland called Non-Binary Girlfriend, oh and they were very good actually. <laughs> Shout out non-binary girlfriend. They are the new they the, the, the listen to non-binary girlfriend instead of watching this movie. It's amazing what a difference less than a decade makes in in like your your youth experience. I know. Actually I I first listened to them at friend of the show Jim's house. Your Look, shout out to Jim. Hi Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi Jim. He was listening to non-binary girlfriend. He had the radio on and they were playing non-binary girlfriend. How the hell are they on the radio? Uh, they're on, they were on, it was a Seattle, uh, it was a Seattle, like college rock station. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's the Gen Z version of college rock. That's, that's who this movie is for. It's the, it's like, like Tyler, the creator and like Brockhampton and like, uh, like young fathers and all these, like, you know, you know, non-binary rapper type people. It's the, it's college rock. It's but for but in the same way that college rock was for seventeen year olds, it wasn't for college students. You know, it was for people in high school. Yeah, you listened to college rock because you thought that's what like that being an adult was being like disaffected and ironic and like you know documenting the death of society and not like not 
being an adult means having a shitty job that made you want to kill yourself every day. Well, you know what the, and, and I've been thinking about this a lot within the last like 24 hours since I rewatched it, but the other sort of main audience that I think really hyped this up and is currently really hyped up about uh, into the, the well, new the, one. The, this is, movie feels like it's, no, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I just wanted to get a thought in while I had it. Uh, okay. Let's yes, interrupt sure. And interrupt that me is again. Interrupt. It's, Jim's, it's Jim's favorite thing that you do to me. Jim's not gonna appreciate that. He's he's gonna he's gonna get one. He's gonna get mad at you. Jim's gonna yell um, at you. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on Discord. I'm gonna get him on Discord <laughs> and just sneak invite him to a watch at some I, point. I, I I'm just, gonna sneak I, invite him to Discord and then he's gonna join in on a watch and just but, chew you the fuck out and feed you yeah. the dogs. All right, all right. Just, Mans- uh, what do you want to mansplain to me I, about? No, this I just want to say I, I feel like that the uh the, the real audience for this a movie like the people who made it is like suburban white people who want to feel cool and culturally hip and even like maybe culturally progressive by proxy. Uh, yeah. And that overlaps. Kind of, with yeah. What I yeah. Actually. Say, yeah. Especially is... with, especially, sorry. I did, Now I'm doing it. Now I'm you're sorry. doing it. Well, but especially with how like, the other big change that they do to Miles is he's constantly wearing Air Jordans in the Spider-Man thing, which is like, why? Why is he wearing Air Jordans in a hoodie in the Spider-Man costume? You know, it wasn't it wasn't like Peter was wearing like a like a leather jacket and like a like a rockabilly wig or something, you know, when he was being Spider-Man. It's like if they made me into Spider-Man and they dressed me in a kilt because exactly. like my great grandparents yeah. were Scottish. <laughs> they have to they have to signify in a way that you can just immediately grasp this is the black one. You know, yeah. even even his logo looks like a basketball. Yeah, it's he like spray a, paints. I didn't notice that. That's really he funny. He spray paints his um, suit. Um, and yeah. speak, by the way, if we get to a hundred patrons, uh, Stu will wear a kilt. No, I yeah. won't. Yes, you will. Uh, uh, we'll 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 turn but Stu can into, I? into yes, Irish. Okay, sorry. Make your point. Make my, my sorry. point. Yeah, make your we're point. Yeah, the other big audience for this movie and the one that has done the most like free marketing for it is the Tumblr sort of fandom brained like, you know, we want diversity. We want to see ourselves in media crew. Like so much of this movie and its humor, like from, from the get-go especially, like it, it clicked for me the moment – uh, Peter B. Parker does like the Spider-Man 3 dance because Spider-Man 3 was such a meme on Tumblr and like so many of the so much of the humor and like the tonal beats and like hell the visual style of it feels very like marketed towards that demographic if not like intentionally it certainly has all the things that are like catnip to them and like something I, I want to just play with a little bit is how like un- how like horny people got over the characters and the adult characters in mm. this movie. Like incredible phrasing Oc- that you want to play with that. <laughs> Sorry, Fem Doc Ock being like voiced by 
Catherine Hahn, who's like honorary lesbian, like Natasha Leone. I don't, I don't know if she's actually a lesbian or, or whatever, but like she, she, she tends to play a lot of like lesbian coded roles. Um, and also like Femme Doc Ock just looks like science teacher Miss Frizzle. And Miss Frizzle, I, I think she's is like my a, favorite character. Yeah, she's she's cool. Um, but more than anything, it's Peter B. Parker who is Oh yeah. The, he's D- he's, he's literally he's literally Tumblr sexy manified. Like, what if Peter Parker was an out of shape, pathetic divorce slob with a dad bot who also loves to eat burger and pizza like that one shot of him like deep throating the burger and like sucking on his fingers ruined seats at like amc theaters around the globe i'm like there was so much lewd like fan art and like because this was like this came out like the waning days of my tumblr career so i i remember the influx of fan art because he he checks off all the Tumblr sexy man boxes, and and I get it. He's like basically a, another version of like my go to favorite um, Tumblr sexy man character, uh, Reagan Arataka from Mob Psych One Hundred. Just like a pathetic slob, and which girls is funny love because that girls so much, love that. So much of of Peter B. Parker. At least to me, outside of like the deliberate like commentary on Spider-Man that they're kind of doing here, he felt like Ross from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I mean, he's sort of pathetic in a similar way when it comes to his uh, his relationship. Yeah, they're both they're both pathetic. They're both divorced. They're both fucking like you know, kind of schlubs that like on paper should be off doing some like incredibly important shit. But, like, because they can't get over their own personality disorders, they're just trapped in, like, this ineptitude cycle. Um, which really says a lot about the movie, if you think about it. You know, I, this I whole movie that is was an ineptitude like, cycle. We want to have our mediocre white man jokes, but we need a different Peter Parker to do them with because we can't sully canonical peter parker this is the sissification of the western canonical peter parker (laughs) or well we 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 need a not we we need an extra canonical peter parker so we can do our mediocre white man jokes without without tarnishing the brand of spider-man writ large i think well i think because the the main peter parker in this is blonde which is something that peter parker never was and it could very well possibly be that they're setting up that like and this would be very funny if they do. I would actually, I would, I would, I would do a complete 180 on this movie. The only per- blonde person that's ever been Spider-Man is the clone of Peter Parker. And if they set up that, like, actually they're in the middle of the clone saga, uh, that would be awesome. But I don't think this movie has actually, <laughs> the, the, like, actually the... gives a shit about okay, comics. Yeah. No, because... I don't know. You, you, are you playing the? Are you playing Spider Verse at, at work yet? Or is that uh, not... next week? Next week. Okay, so you haven't you haven't seen it, or you won't. I you haven't. Won't. No. Yeah, but I mean, I think spoilers are pretty out there and ready by now. Like it's been a weekend, and it's already like yeah, they have they have been Riley in the back. new one, right? I already forgot what the spoilers were. Gwen is they trans been, now. Well, that, there's that, but they have been Riley in the new one. 
uh, they have the the Scarlet Spider, the clone, the clone spider in. And from what I understand, he's like a '90s or were edgy punchline, which is weird because he wasn't really that edgy. He was the it's it's. I saw people complaining about this online. It's like the only like actual complaint I've seen about the movie was that they kind of disrespected the Clone Saga, which is weird. It's weird that this movie this movie managed to piss off people in the direction of the clone saga. That's like what your dad thinks is the worst Spider-Man crossover, <laughs> you know? It's not. It's fine. It's perfect, especially compared to Spider-Verse. Uh, this, the, the comic, I mean. The movie's nowhere, the, at least the movie's villain is like the kingpin and not like weird, like multiversal vampires that feed on Spider-Man energy. And the entire crossover comic is just page after page of like hey remember the spider-man cartoon you liked as a kid what if he was what if mortal combat fatalities were happening to him like it's 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 heartlessly literally literally they 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 murder the amazing the spider-man and his amazing friend spider-man and like kill the, his, the aunt may of that universe and like eat her dog it's like it's needlessly cruel it also, needlessly here's the Aunt May. Aunt May in this iteration, she's like Alfred. Kind yeah, of. She's yeah, based she on, she is, she's, she's based on. She's based on the ultimate version of Aunt May, who uh, knows that she finds out that Peter is Spider Man, like pretty pretty halfway through, and uh, she's like, she, Peter's like, oh, are you are you worried? You know, and she's like, no, and then goes out and like buys a gun the next day. And she's just like packing heat and shit throughout the entire thing. I, it's I a more it realistic form of Aunt really, May. really weird that he had a bat that the 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 dead Spider Man in this has a bat cave under his shed. Yeah. Like where that's where that's did you get also the money for that? You're not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that's also a reference to the Ultimate Comics where uh, he's routinely helped out by Shield because. They Nick Fury was kind of grooming Peter into being the next Captain America. Oh, where they needed a superhero that they could control and they could theoretically like beat the shit out of any regular person and also like sort of be like liked by the people. And so Nick Fury like will routinely come up and be like, Hey, we need you to do this top secret mission for us, kind of like the MCU movies. Although it is uh, more of, I think, at least I don't know Bendis's politics. I think it's a commentary on sort of the predatory nature, predatory nature of the military. I don't know. I have no idea. But I so, but so at least you're saying in the comics, Shield built it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, thought, like his house a, is all a, tricked the fuck out in that. I mean, he's got Carnage living in his house, like uh, oh. Weird. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just a nitpick. I just thought it was like weird for this working class college kid to have all this shit. Um, yeah. No. Because Carnage is Gwen Stacy in this version. That's that's insane. So um, I, I guess the thing I wanted to address is the concept of a Spider Verse and a multiverse, uh, which which we've talked about a little bit before. I think as in, in I feel like like were multiverses introduced into comics just so they could just do different versions of characters and, and, and get around no. like canon actually, bullshit. Actually, no, I mean, yes and no. The first multiverse in, in comics that we, we really know about, uh, comes from DC. Uh, and originally it was a way to explain, uh, 
to to yes to explain uh canon and uh hand wave away the fact that characters uh stories would be like set in a period of time where they had earth one and earth two and earth one was like where all of the, the comics happened but then earth two was where all the comics from world war two and before happened so all the world war two and before versions of those characters would actually get continuations in fact there was oh, this, okay. this guy uh roy thomas who was a huge world war two and sort of history autist who sort of took it on himself to do that for for dc like he would just do stories about like what are the dc world war ii superheroes getting up to and eventually uh you know once once the 80s rolled around you had like 40 40 years of stories for both versions where like now like batman had since passed on like dick grayson had was was starting to gray hair he had kids like batman's grandkids were running around and they were like dc was like this is too much man so they did they did the very first comics crossover and Marv Wolfman said, okay, no more multiverse. We got rid of it. And that was sort of how DC was for a while. Marvel has had a multiverse since I think the 80s or the 70s. Uh actually it might have been Alan Moore, I think, who introduced the multiverse for them. Uh and I think Alan, it was an what issue, have you done? Of, <laughs> issue of Captain Marvel. Uh or not Captain Marvel, Captain Britain. Uh over at Marvel UK. Yeah. Yeah, yes, no, I, he's, uh, I, he's sick. Yeah, it's Peggy in, in the MCU. No. Uh, I know. No, dude, Captain Britain Peggy. is so cool in the MCU because he has nothing, or in the comics, because he has nothing to do with Captain America. It's just like uh, this this random ass white boy that like like Merlin pulls up on this like, this like British Lord's fail son who's like trying to kill himself in the swamp and is like, uh, like you are loosely from all that public school buggery. Pretty much, actually, yeah. He's just like he's just like there's like no place for him in the world, and he's like this fucking sucks, man. Like why couldn't I just be like a regular rich guy? And Merlin pulls up on him and is like, you have like noble blood. Uh, pick the sword or the shield, and he picks the shield or, and gets this cool costume. Uh, he doesn't actually have a shield. It's the it's a metaphor where. He's the he's the defender of Britain. He's not the offender of Britain. You know, he's not the conqueror. He's the he just defends the Commonwealth. And he's like, and then later, like as an aside, uh, Merlin's like, oh yeah, if you picked the sword, I would have just fucking killed you. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. he's like, yeah, like he, he, actually, uh, Psylocke from the X Men is her is is uh, is her sister. His sister. Uh, she's also currently Captain Britain now, and. And Britain in the Marvel universe is like a nexus of realities where like because Merlin and like and his boys fucked around with magic so much, like the walls of reality are kind of thin. Uh, you know, the the pussy of reality is kind of loose. And <laughs> so, so they have to it. fuck the back shit walls. up. Yeah, <laughs> they hit the back walls too many times. And so now like occasionally, like just some fucked up evil shit from like the other end of the multiverse will show up. It was genuinely used for interesting storytelling for most of comics. See, because um, I know in film, the whole point of the multiverse is it's, it's just more intellectual property and endless variations on intellectual yeah. property. It's like, oh, our, you know, because it used to be, it's like, well, we got Spider-Man. 
but we've done three Spider-Man movies. The last one was a bit of a mess. We'll just reboot it anyway. And I was like, well, now we can reboot, but also sequel, but also keep canon and shit. We can do whatever we'll, whatever we want to do. That's, that's kind of how it was in comics, but it was handled a little bit more deftly where it's like, if you're a, if you're a, if you're an old head, you can read these. If you're a new head, you can follow these and you don't have to read as much, you know, you, but you can still read the old head stuff if you want to. Cause it's like, it, it won't necessarily affect things, but you know, you'll still have background for the characters. At least that's how it was for DC for Marvel. It was always more of like, this is how we can do a story without fucking around with the main timeline, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but now it it seems like, like this, the spider verse exists so that Sony can use all the Sony can use Spider-Man that aren't the Spider-Man that, Disney and this, the whole Spider-Verse is a very recent concept. The crossover was in, I think, 2009 or something like that. It was or like 2011. I don't know. It was super recent. It was it, around the same time as Miles being introduced. And it was, it was Dan Slott, who is the... I think he's the longest-running Spider-Man writer. And also, he's been writing Spider-Man pretty consistently since One More Day. Uh... Since since the aftermath of One More Day specifically, but his shit sucks ass, dude. His shit's so bad. Yeah, like and Dan Slut. Yeah, he'll also block you on Twitter really quickly if you say anything <laughs> disparaging about him because he has thin feelings. But he told he stayed on for Spider Man for like fifteen years just to say that he could. Like he fucking sucks, man. And he did the Spider Verse crossover. There's like eight of them now, but like yeah, they always sucked. They were just like. The first one was really cruel, and the second one was just like, we need to introduce new characters for you to be excited about because they might show up in a movie one day. And then, like, that's that's all it's it's ever been. It's never been interesting. In fact, the, the even though there have been other Spider-Man, you know, there was there was the Ultimate Spider-Man as far back as 1999. There was Spider-Man 2099, who was I think as far back as like 1991. And okay, so Spider-Man so, 2099 rocks cock, by the way. It's yeah, so he, that's, cool. He's it the, like, the, the last, he's like the, the end, end credit scene after you sit through yeah, all those, he's all in those the like, end 10 minutes of, of, of credits. But yeah, he's so cool. He, he uh, like, in my Spider-Man read-through, I actually, like, I, I added it in after because it's, it's just such a fresh, refreshing take on the character. Shout out Peter David, by the way, for, uh, he, he fucking fuck this fuck the sequel by the way because peter david's currently laid up in hospital bills at fucking like thousands of dollars in debt because he had a heart failure and had to get like a heart transplant or some shit and the the fucking the chris lloyd whoever the whatever the lego movie guy was like didn't even donate anything he just like tweeted a like retweeted the gofundme and There's I mean, not even a doing thank all you these to him in the movies. You've, you've got to be... Yeah, this movie's on track to do Mario yeah, numbers, yeah. the sequel specifically. And I'm sorry, but if he does not get a fat check off this... Because a lot of times the royalty checks are only like 1500 bucks. Yeah, like, it's shit. The guy who created Thanos... I don't know. Do you remember the Russian mobster in Batman vs. Superman? There was a Russian mobster in Batman. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Snyder Snyder gave him the name of a of a of a incre- of a random glup shitto ass Batman character from the eighties, and Jim Starlin received more money from that 
than he did from Thanos showing up in Infinity War. That is that is disgusting. Yeah, I think he said he got like five hundred bucks for Thanos showing up. I don't understand what's stopping. I almost Disney did a spit from, take right there. Like, I feel like you could get so much P- good it's, PR it's because, from just it's because beefing up their royalty checks even a little bit. It, it, they don't want to open themselves to the smallest of losses. Five hundred dollars. It's so it's like even it comes down. It's a Pandora's to. box, I guess. Five hundred exactly. Five hundred dollars for like give, a trillion dollar franchise. If Fuck you if off. you say if you say that like. These char- these characters deserve money. Then you are implying that like they're that they they weren't contract work that they were actually like creative work because that's that's what co- comic books are contract work. Most most people from most of comics didn't didn't actually get royalties at all for their characters because it was like no you're you're a contract laborer you did a job we paid you we don't owe you anything extra it's, it's uber art exactly and uh. Actually, Blade was the first movie to really break with that, where uh, Marv Wolfman sued Marvel, uh, and Marvel did some like they had they had some royalty program, but they haven't like updated the actual like amount of money that you get since the '90s. So it's a fucking pittance now. It's like thirteen hundred bucks or some shit like that. You know, it's like it's like it was it was good money because it's like oh yeah this shitty action movie that will make maybe a hundred million dollars at the box office comes out and I get like a, like an extra paycheck out of it, you know? And now it's like, there is a movie coming out that is going to make more money than God. And you will see, like you will be maybe be able to buy the new iPhone with the amount of money that you get from creating the character. I mean, fucking the guy, the guy who created rocket raccoon is laid up right now, fully paralyzed from the neck down after a hit and run, a freak like hit and run accident in the eighties. And they didn't even give him any money until like after the second one came out. Fucking terrible industry, man. It's appalling. And like, he's on full life support. Like, like his brother was, would like routinely just make videos of himself, like crying. Cause he's like, yeah, dude, if I don't, if I like, I either have to like mortgage my house or kill my brother. And, uh, Finally, James Gunn like coughed up a little bit of of money out of his own pocket that he got for Guardians because it's like you're not going to be able to keep the lights on for that money, even though he created the fucking characters, man. It's ridiculous. So yeah, don't go see Spider Verse two uh, until they 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 give Peter David a shitload of money. Uh, pirate that shit. Sneak into the theater. Uh, I'll t- I'll if you if you need to know how to sneak into a theater, I got you. I got fire, you. You, you. The fire I, escape. Yeah, right? it's 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 fire escape. I've like, heard a couple go people to the who managed to even sneak into like the pre premieres of Spider Verse Two. Just yeah, it's you can yeah. do it. Just act um, like you belong. That's that's literally that's how they did it. They acted like anywhere. they belonged. That yeah, like, you can you can you don't can go don't go do see this. Read read Spider Man twenty ninety nine though. It rocks cock. It's like it's like what if. It's like cyberpunk Spider-Man. It's awesome. Speaking he gets his which, powers because he's a drug addict. Speaking of which, Miguel O'Hara, that's his, that's his like human identity. That's his name, he's like yeah. trending on Twitter. And I'm, I've already seen like three or four like fan arts of like him f- fucking Peter B. Parker up the ass. <laughs> Honestly, um, if it gets more people into, into Marvel 2099 and specifically like the original volume of Spider-Man 2099, I'll be happy about it. I'm not going to hold my breath because, because like, you know, I mean, 
Miles Morales' longest comic book run is 42 issues. And uh, he's been in multiple, like, million, multi-million dollar franchises. And they can still barely get his comics to sell. And and those are bad comics. They, if they can't get the bad the bad shit, the synergy shit to sell, then I don't think that that the Miles Mer- that the or that the the Miguel O'Hara books will sell. But read them. That's my watch. Something else for this movie. Miguel O'Hara rocks. He's like he's the best Spider Man that isn't directly related to Peter Parker. Uh yeah, that's that's good shit. He gets his hey, power. I, he has like a like an an AI hologram that's like a knockoff of Marilyn Monroe. That like a, a oh, he's got his own like, toy. So like yeah, this no, is literally. What I would what I would like to see from people is instead of getting pissy and doing hashtag campaigns or whatever over just something as inane as just oh, you want a version of Spider Man that is just like superficially more like you. Why yeah. not use whatever leverage is actually there in terms of like consumer advocacy boycotts publicity campaigns to to get companies to do something that actually matters and makes the world better like like fucking treat creators and workers fucking better right yeah no get peter david a bag 2023 dude fucking yeah uh, fucking free him free him free him dude he deserves he deserves yeah, the bag more more than a he special wrote, thanks in the credits give him a pay good happy he didn't even back. get i didn't even get a special thanks in the credits for the first movie because it's he's he's the end credits guy even though it's like he wrote spider-man too he wrote regular spider-man i mean not a very good regular spider-man but like come on you know yeah I'm sure Ben that's the that's the fucked up thing about Brian Michael Bendis is he's so good at getting a bag for his dog shit dude he is loaded and all of his shit gets adaptations because it 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 captures that Joss Whedon magic that producers love where it's like oh you you know how to speak to teenagers in reality he doesn't and they always fucking bomb but he has enough of a track record with like the Jessica Jones show and like Spider Verse that he can basically write his own I, ticket. I wonder forever. if this is because, like, I think he is friends with, or is or was friends with Joss Whedon in real life because there's a character with his name on Firefly in one episode. Is there fucking really? I have no, yeah. I don't know about him personally. It wouldn't surprise but, uh, me. But I feel like situations like that, it's a matter of like having the right friends and connections keeping you sort of in the game. Um, uh, and I also like, I've been thinking cause, cause, cause Nicole, you mentioned how much seeming Tumblr bait there is in this movie. And is that like, is it, to what extent is it pandering? Cause it seems weird to pander to Tumblr for such yeah, a Yeah. They're not that movie. obviously they're not a big demographic, but, but I like, wonder they, they make great, they make great hype men. Like, but I wonder, yeah, they, fans they do. are like, doing the marketing for these movies yeah. at this point. Like, I think someone noticed like all the flash like posters are just like using quote like reaction oh, Tumblr, quotes Tumblr attributed quotes. to like some stand on like Twitter. Yeah, you know, like, or Twitter. I meant to say, yeah, um, yeah. If you I, see I a movie if, that if you see how, a movie that has that, it's cooked. It's fucking done. It's gonna be hot ass. I wonder how much of this is a result of a lot of like people involved with these productions, maybe not always at the topmost level sometimes, but then also just like down the chain are also just all on Tumblr or Twitter and they're in yeah. these like cultural spheres and, and little bubbles. And so they are shaped by or responding to this stuff 
You uh, know what it also see, might like, be? Like, like Neil Gaiman's all over Twitter, guys like that. Like, I know a couple a certain... of the, the people who work directly, like supervising the animation on Spider-Verse are like Twitter, I feel like Tumblr expatriates. Yeah. So yes, yeah. that is, I think that is, that is you even know, You know what it also might be? Is producers, producers looking at the rampant success that, I hate this word. I'm going to say a word that I hate. The queer baiting of Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan. Uh, Miguel, Marvel. make sure you re- put a reverb on that. The, Queers do like, be baiting. It's like that that shit, like, he, just, just, yeah, making, we talked about it. just making Chris Evans do a couple, like, fawning glances and, like, uh, have, like, regular male friendship with Sebastian Stan. Basically, like, it's spontaneously generated a billion dollars for the MCU. It is like, yeah, it's all you need. And it's all you need to do. Just the vaguest subtext will make people or, or, or will, will make people freak out while the rest of the audience won't even know. I think it's the same thing with the new one. And they're like, Oh, the the spider Gwen's got to protect trans kids flag. It's like either it's something like that, or it's just, they put it in there because she's a zoomer and they think that's just what all zoomers are like. Or it's like an artist, a background artist slipped it in there because they're like uh, a, a progressive person and and or something. I th- that's my. If it was the back, if it was that, shout out to the background or they're even, artists. Or they're or they're trans themselves. There are a lot of trans animators out there. Oh yeah. Who are if it was that, shout out to the background it. artist. If it was anyone that makes more than a million dollars a year, uh, we will be throwing. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, so do we have any other concluding thoughts or points we, uh, we didn't get to with this? Um, let me, check well, let, me let me take let a, me... take a look at, uh, my miles Morales show notes in our, um, I, I can't say the, the name of the folder you put this in Cole. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 well oh. you both. Oh, actually, let me check my letterbox review. I might have, I might okay, have. Yes, well, you, both... you wrote a whole ass fucking essay yeah, yeah, for your review. I also did. I, no, I but you wrote like. like 10 paragraphs. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> Stu went off. Sometimes I get rolling. I, I just want to say, like, I would like this movie a lot more if it just didn't have all of these so blatantly commercial elements. Like, it wouldn't take that much to make me feel warmer towards this movie. It just kept losing me because I could just see the math behind every decision. Oh, you know what? Actually, I have a fun, fun five-minute segment we could do. Okay, yeah. Let's play a game. Hello. You don't know me, but I know you. I want to play a game. My name is Christian Chandler. I live in Bucksville, Virginia. I have a PSP. I like the rap. I play with the rapper. I go with you now. The only song I know is Master Onion, which I got from a demo I bought from my friend Megan. Let's let's play a game. We're gonna look at the one, two, three four, five, six uh, criteria for a, a white-ass black character in the letter. And we're going to see if this applies to Spider-Verse Miles. With one caveat, uh, since this letter was written 30 years ago, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bump up uh, the uh, circa 1974 clothing to circa 1999 you know circa circa the 90s yeah something that was that was like a little bit over 20 years ago today so would you both uh, so i personally 
I'm going to raise my hand for this one, but would you both say that Miles Morales exhibits the trait in this movie of circa 1994 clothing and hairstyle? You know what? The thing that comes to mind, like, he has the, like, growth, sudden growth spurt, so his, like, pants are, like, too short, and I feel like that was kind of, like, a trend in the 90s where guys just wore, like, tiny pants. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, no, that was, that like, was a very, like, yeah, that, yeah, that was a very, like, 2002, yeah. like, Jack White kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, not, and I'm, I don't mean, like, just straight leg pants, but I mean, like, pants that were too short that, like, you know... Yeah, and they were their, like above their ankles. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, or even like I don't know, two thousand four. I'm not very fashion conscious, so these things kind of go over my head um, unless they're really exaggerated. There's an easy one for you. Uh, he literally has the kid and play haircut, and admittedly, this this yeah. style was popular around that time. But he had it. He 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 had the kid and play haircut. You know. <laughs> Uh, bizarre speech patterns unrecognizable by any member of any culture on the planet. Nicole and Stu, do you think? Do you think that 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 maybe some of the slang in this movie might be a little bit dated? Well, I understood all of it, so I'm going to say yes. (laughs) I'm I'm going to say no because that wasn't like that wasn't what I was like focusing my criticism. Like I was I was more kind of hung up on like I I asked this to you like. Does Miles get bit by a graffiti spider while doing graffiti in a subway tunnel with his like Andre Steakhouse uncle? And uh, it's, he's, yeah. in his, he's in his uncle's apartment, I think, playing video yeah, games. Yeah, okay. So, no. In the so, no. Uh, <laughs> so, I was smart, focused on that. So, I, I was a smart no. white friend to help them out of the trouble they get into. There's like eight of these characters in the fucking. Yeah, movie. well, I mean, that's kind of like uh, Spider Gwen's whole purpose, although he does have yeah, his. Yeah, and also Peter, Peter a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when he's teaching him how to web swing. Although he's not uh, smarter, he's just he's just the older mentor figure. Yeah, that kind of most of these types of stories. Uh, would you say that these characters were designed to feel sort of every man? This character was designed to feel sort of every man esque, but only if you were black. Pretty yes. much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, he's wearing I'm fucking Air like Jordans. He's going to the, the, the bodega. Yeah, like, he's, come he's on. got the Air Jordans the on the basketball stuff. shorts. It's, it's it's like it's not just that he's black. It's it's that he's capital B black with a trademark next to it, right? Like, yeah, it's very he's he's he's, he's, the, he's corny. Yeah, he's a character from Boys in the Hood. He's like the the, the smart guy. He's the, the the Cuba Gooding Jr. character from Boys in the Hood. Uh, he should have been the Cuba this... Gooding Jr. character from Radio. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, he's he's not on a skateboard, so that's that's one that we don't have. Yeah, but skateboarding's. Hasn't been. Cool uh, that's not cool. Yeah, he associated does, with he does black the, people for a long. He time. does the 2020s version or the 2018s version of that, where he's like really into you know pickup games of basketball and street graffiti. Yeah, which which yeah, feels dated in the 2018s. On my fucking like curtains, that, dude. that feels like such a like 2004 thing to me. Like Snoopy. the the, the graffiti. Cut that shit thing. out, man. Wait. You saw the just any all of the kids in the in the pets server. I'm mad at you. This is this is my adult cat. I have three oh. cats. Uh, yeah, well, you don't post enough of them. I, but anyways, I, let's it's because it's because the big one pisses all over my curtains every day. <laughs> I'll get them clean two days two days later. Two days later, 
they're just letting Wait, the you know you know what you do out. you know what you do when when He's they staring do that. me dead in the face you, right you piss on the curtain higher than they yeah. can piss. Mark your territory. I'm not pissing on my... I actually have very nice curtains. I like my curtains. They're like... They're not going to be nice for long if the cat keeps pissing on them. I'm going to take them right into the wash. They won't even have time to dry by the time this is over. Anyways, uh, last but certainly not least on our list, they have an attractive white female friend to calm them down when they get too excited. Well, yeah, again, that's the whole point of Spider-Man. Literally, there is a recurring scene in this movie where Miles is having a realistic panic attack but spider-manified and because she's she's spider white woman and she's got a level head she will she she she, she's like you gotta you gotta breathe and then he breathes but the real thing that helps him have overcome his uh his his spider anxiety is humming rap music yeah, God, yeah. Yeah humming lo-fi hip hop beats to study and relax to is what yeah. makes him relax. Did Did you also notice the thing with Spider? Well, I, did I mention this before we were recording? There, how he he gets Spider fingers stuck to her hair. In yeah, a we we talked about yeah, it. Perfect undercut. A, yeah, you give her the the, be, cool, the 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 cool Zoomer girl undercut. Yeah, we spent like but five. To minutes be fair, she probably had to touch that out. You know, you with with a when you when you have to when you get something stuck in your hair, an undercut is like the goat haircut. To save yeah, that. but it because it's, like, it's a contrivance but it is, it where they could like, give her that haircut because it's zeitgeisty. No, exactly. But did did they, you notice in, in she didn't have parallel, that haircut in the comics? Let me in, say in in her parallel universe, <laughs> she it's Peter Parker who dies, but she describes yes. to motivate her, but she describes him as just her best friend. And this movie yes, ends I with think her saying friends I, when she can tell that Miles Morales is sort of interested in her romantically. I think that um, that might be because. They've established that like the Peter Parker in all the universes is like in his mid thirties and she's like supposed to be 16. I think he's her age in that universe. Cause they just, they just I, it would make, time. it would make it. It's, it's what happens in the comics. Cause he becomes, he becomes the lizard. And then she, because she's not like, it's actually admittedly a decent piece of like, of logic. She's, she's not Peter Parker. So she doesn't know how to do fucking like particle physics and shit. So she just has to kill him. Huh. Yeah. At least I think. That's what I remember from the comics. Someone's gonna be like, actually actually the, the, the cure that she gives him uh interferes with like his, his weak blood and whatever, but I don't know. But it uh, felt like I and I don't know what the if it means anything, but like it felt like one of those things like they kind of did with this the new Star Wars movies where it's like she can't have a romantic interest or a male romantic interest or or have a thing with the male character because it's somehow going to be like demeaning or yeah. insufficiently feminine. No, they're dating or, in the or book. They, maybe yeah, they want to get people actually, excited no, I'm about her at, being gay or something. I'm looking at the Marvel. It just okay. Marvel. It, it felt slightly pointed. Not that it's inherently a bad thing, but just it felt like one of those kind of. It felt like a cynically motivated choice that she can't be or have a romantic interest. Okay. Yeah. No. She. They're not She's dating in that universe, cool. which is fucking like that's like. I, it, it admittedly makes sense because it's like without the the newfound confidence that going through spider puberty gives him, he would not be able to pull a bitch like that. He would not be pulling a dasha. Oh, that's true. That does make that does make a certain kind of sense. Uh, but um, that being said, uh, you know, 
the comics are bad and they're made by a guy yeah, who we wanna uh, has misconduct Just fully move into, I know you already broached sort of uh, your, your, like, read the Spider-Man 2099. Well, there's, there's one other thing. Comics, um, but yeah, what... Is is that we've touched on before, which is just the the franchise self referential meta stuff. The whole, <laughs> yeah, like how every it's all like the tropes of a Spider Man story are just literally a plot point, and how um, I guess I had I find it a little hard to square the emotional stakes with the like meta animation jokes with the Spider Ham and I had Noir Spider Man being everything yeah. is in black and white. Um, that's the one thing this movie does that I never touched on that sort of feeds into your point. None of the scenes in this movie are longer than 10 minutes, dude. This movie, as as someone who was on ADHD medication at the time (laughs) of watching this, uh, it was very hard to follow. If I was not on my ADHD medication, I bet this movie would be very easy to follow. I don't mean like the the plot writ large because it's paper thin. I just mean like the moment to moment, like spatial reality stuff, because yeah, every, the scenes every, will yeah, cut there's nothing to other there's, shit. There's no, there's not a lot of quiet or contemplative moments or long shots or long scenes. Everything's just yeah. bang, 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 bang. Like it's effective at what it's trying to do, but it's just frustrating that everything seems to work that way, especially if it's animation or aimed at all audiences. But I just, I'm sick of, and I, we talked about this with Logan, right? I'm, I'm sick of, yeah, of, of. A movie existing to market its intellectual property to me as the audience member who's already watching it above and beyond being a movie where it's like the, we, we, we need to talk about Spider-Man as a concept and, an, and, and a character in culture, not just a character within their own universe plural universes and we need to we need to reference our own fandom for spider-man and play at our own meta textual fucking nostalgia and attachment to the character and and all these really ham-handed obvious ways that that displace the internal logic of the world or the story or it's 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 themes like nothing is just a story that that everything's about itself if i already wasn't I was already pissed off from the word jump in this movie because the very first frame is the comics code sign. Oh yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. You went off over that. Which is fine. You can, you can reclaim that all you want. I have, I bought a sticker actually that goes to charity of it. Uh, It's, it's a great little sign and it means a lot, especially if you like know anything about comics, but the Sony corporation does not get to, like reclaim that you know it's like it was a it was a tool of self-enforced corporate censorship to avoid the like anti-communist witch hunts that were sweeping the nation and led to comic books essentially enduring like a half century of just incredibly like reactionary standards forced upon them where like you couldn't even a lot of time there was a comic where you there was like Eventually, they just said "fuck it" and released it without the sticker on it. Where it's like you couldn't even show a black man emoting in a comic for a while because it's it, like no, oh, they yeah, have to the be like the comics code was outrageous. Like it was, it was outrageous. And this movie does not get to reclaim that, especially factoring in the fact that like everyone involved in this outside of the voice cast was like white as snow. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that speaks to something I think where people talk about 
wokeness now. And I mean, like, I agree there's the, 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 the kind of corporate faux progressive HR culture stuff is annoying and sucks, but it's nothing like the, the, the moral panics and the red scare of the thirties, no. forties and fifties that like made American culture fucking, uh, it, it set it back like a century and it, yeah. it, we're, we're still like the fact that all the superhero stuff is the way it is and dominates culture the way it does now is still a, an echo uh, uh, the uh, comics uh, code uh, basically ripple from that. Yeah. Like, like there were like the, like the fucking, the guys that, that created Superman had to do porn because they couldn't get work anywhere else because they'd worked in comics and working to comics was tantamount to working in pornography. It was like, if you worked, there was, there's a famous quote by Wally Wood who co-created daredevil and was later like literally living in like a fucking homeless shelter when he died. Jesus. Uh, where he was like, he was like, yeah, if I if I did it all over again, I would have made the same choices, but I would have cut off my hands. I believe is the quote. Holy uh, shit! Hold on. If I had to do it all over again, I'd cut off my hands because he was he was phenomenal. He was so talented, and so many of these guys were like genuinely astounding artists who were were working since their teens, and a lot of the times working their way up like fresh off the boat immigrants a lot of these guys a lot of jewish people a lot of black people a lot of gay people and then like they just that was the only place that they could work because they had dedicated decades of their life to honing this craft and like if you worked in this industry and you worked in this industry before a certain point you were seen as like akin to jeffrey epstein or like the the rosenbergs like you were you were an enemy of the state. You were corrupting children. Honestly, a lot of the a lot of the same way people react about LGBT people and trans people specifically. Yeah, the tar- targets targeting your kids. Which is why, even though I find making Gwen Stacy trans a dumb decision or whatever they're doing, whatever whatever pandering they're doing is bad. But you could genuinely talk about that in an interesting way because it's like. At a for 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 a brief period in time, like if you worked in comic books, you were a groomer. You know, you were you were grooming kids into criminality. It wasn't sexual. It was much more like you're grooming them Just into delinquency, moral decay. Yeah, yeah, and moral decay and disrespecting their elders. And you could talk about that, but you can't talk about that at the Sony corporate, the 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 multinational Sony corporation. Yeah, yeah. The, the our problem with all this stuff is that it it, it is so purely commercially motivated, not coming from like any kind of really sincere, thoughtful place of artistic expression. None but of it. No. For all their for all of their complaints about freedom of speech, it is the 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 right wing anti capital A capital W anti woke guys who are the the historical descendants and mirror image of the Hayes Code, Comics Code Authority. Yeah. Then they were the people that were doing the canceling, you know? Yeah. Like for, for all that people rail against cancel culture, that's what that shit is, is the, is real cancel culture. It's not losing, losing your fake internet job because you like, you know, did hate speech. It's like, it's, it's literally being forced into the poor house because you drew like a Batman comic that had a gay pun in it that someone decided after the fact was a gay pun and decided that you were like teaching kids to like punch their mom and dad in the face. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, oh, you got yelled at on the internet by a bunch of teenagers. Exactly. It was your life was destroyed by the most powerful people in your industry and in the country because you you were like maybe discernibly a socialist or or opposed segregation or something yeah. like that in the 50s. I mean, they, hell, they destroyed EC Comics because their covers were too graphic. You know, they had blood dripping on the covers. They they literally like put like hundreds of guys out of work because they decided that you showed too much blood in your comics, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, Freedom of the, speech and all that, but that's you know, that's you can what I was saying. It. The the superhero stuff dominates because everything else in the comics medium was destroyed, was destroyed. by that moral panic and be, and by the 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 companies in charge just completely caving into the path of least resistance. There's no tangible evidence to the proof of this, but you could genuinely say that part that, that like DC and Marvel might've benefited and honestly possibly encouraged the formation of the comics code because superhero stuff was fucking dying after world war two. No one gave a shit. It was a propaganda comic that you read because it's, you saw like hordes of Japanese people or hordes of German people getting mowed down on the covers. And you were like, Oh, if I read this, it'll happen in real life. You know, the troops will, the truth, it'll, it'll help the troops carry on. And like every, every, you know, every soul goes to war representation. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, it was for a good cause, you know, it's for stopping the Nazis. So that was good. But like, after the fact, it was like, yeah, no one gave a shit. Like, you know, uh, like, kids and and young adults weren't sitting around reading comics all day waiting to be drafted they were working 20 hours at the factory you know and so then comics became more like this is to make your 11 year old son shit his pants you know yeah um we got so, way yeah, off topic. Yeah, this so one. Well, no, we're, we're a two-hour episode. Two hours now, it. so we should wrap it up. I think, I think the, if you're the, like I, a it's regular... actually too late for me now to get. I needed to get fertilizer, but I guess I'll oh, do shit. it tomorrow. I'm sorry. They didn't mean to keep you that. I, I just, I was just, I think like for the average audience member, this movie, because I mean, like, it, like at a basic level of 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 competence, it's it's decent. It's it's good. But I think, yeah, our like our dislike of it probably seems way out of proportion to what it is and does. And I, th I think we needed to kind of cover this wider ground to articulate that, um, you know, why, why it's not just a nice yeah. stylized animated movie that we can't just enjoy. And it's because it, it gr grasps at all of these larger things and ideas in, in, in an actively frustrating, yeah, they're not stupid, cynical way. Yeah. They, they decided to make the movie about, they could have just made a movie about about Miles. They didn't. They, they but it's like no. This is the Black Spider Man movie. You have to see it because it's got black artists in it, and you got to support black artists. And that's all well and good. But then it's like the actual, you know, material realities of this doesn't shake out. And that's no. that's why I don't like the movie. It's pretty and stuff, but I just couldn't couldn't shy away from like. The fact that Miles is just like the worst fucking white dog. <laughs> he has, he's been around for 12, 13 years now or some shit. And he has not said the N word once. And I'm sorry. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, as a black person. Okay. I've said it. I've, I, I've said it on the you podcast. Can. I've said, I can, said, I can say it. You've called like, me it. It doesn't. Exactly. Like it doesn't, you can, you could be 
yes, there there are black people that say it less than others, but I don't think there's a single African American person on the planet that's never just let it fly once. You know, it's like now I want to say is is that why Quentin Tarantino is woke because he'll have his characters black and white say it. Actually, yes, that is mm-hmm. that he he does not shy away from the material realities of racism and the 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 the, the, the casual the casual nature of it where it's like, it'll just come up in conversation. You know, this is our most right-wing episode ever. Like an inglorious, yes. or not inglorious bastard. Or actually, yes. An inglorious bastards where it's like, they're talking about King Kong and then they're like, you know, making slave jokes, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's how you act. A guy, you, a guy in the forties. <laughs> that's, that's the white, that's the white person. That's the evil white person version of just letting it fly. It's like, yeah, you, it's funny to you, you know? That's or for a I different that's, reason that it's funny to black people. It's funny to black people because it just sounds fun to say, you know, you, you can, you can say that you're reclaiming it. I don't, I don't want to get into the politics yeah, of saying like, the N word. Cause it's like, it's just a fun word to say. It, uh, um, so, uh, yeah, next, uh, tune in next well, episode we gotta, for, uh, Black, black Panther. Panther. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing Black we're Panther doubling next, down. guys, but I, I don't actually have, water. it'll be, it'll probably be half the length of this because I just don't give a shit about that. You know, Spider-Man, that was the first comic I ever read. I have very strong feelings about Spider-Man. I still, to this day, have not read a Black Panther comic. Um, but watch, watch something else. I mean, I, I think this movie's pretty good. But like I, I hundred percent behind all the same like criticisms that we just put forward. So it's it's a, a like with an asterisk. So I'm I'm giving out a couple watch something else's. Uh, if you're, uh, I mean the what this what this really made me want to rewatch upon revisiting. I just rewanted wanted to watch Promare again. I know I've already said that for Avengers, but like. I don't know, maybe if, if Spider-Verse can be, like, given given a, a positive for me for anything, I, I think there's probably, like, a direct line to be made between, like, Spider-Verse and then Promare coming out, because it, it did bring out some good shit. Um, but I, I would also say, if you're looking for, like, really high-octane, colorful animation, go watch some Hungarian animation. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, on, on, um, I well, I was gonna say Sound of the White Mare, which is probably I think the the most well known of those, uh, of, like the Hungarian animation of like the the sixties, seventies, and eighties. That was kind of its height. Um, but if you have a movie subscription, there is a film called Bubble Bath that is just the, like some of the most visually insane and creative animation you will ever see. Just like no such thing as a being like on model. Like that's not a concept. Like characters will like go from like abstract Picasso, like shapes to like skinny caricatures in like a matter of seconds. It's really one of the most visually like insane things I've seen this year. Um, And I also watched um, uh, Hideaki Anno's, uh, uh, re cutie honey, uh, as prep for Shin Common Rider, which we've already spent way too much of the runtime talking about other stuff. So I'm not going to say anything about Shin Common Rider, but um, yeah, definitely check the fuck out uh, uh, re cutie honey because that's also Ime Ishii worked on that, and you can also see like the genesis of like 
not just Promare, but like Kill a Kill, Panty and Stalking in Cutie Honey. So yeah, go go watch that shit. Uh. You know what? Just watch that episode of The Simpsons where Homer becomes 3D. That that Halloween special <laughs> 3D Homer. from like 1996. Huh? That's weird. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. I'm gonna pick something with black people in it since neither one of you did. Oh uh, fuck you, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> what? I, uh, I couldn't think of any that like. No, no, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking met. Uh, watch. Fuck it. Watch Coonskin. Watch, oh yeah, watch some Ralph Bakshi. Yeah, watch yeah, watch, Ralph- watch any Ralph Bakshi because even though some of the language is dated, Ralph Bakshi has a much more nuanced and 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 learned and like intimate relationship with black people due to the fact that like he literally like was growing up right next to them. You know, yes, some of it will be off-putting if you're someone who's never seen any of his films but it's not it's not offensive it's in fact if anything it's 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 really really lets the italians have it actually that movie oh yeah no italian people like um is it in fritz a cat that they're just straight up fucking gay clowns yeah no it's like every single one they're like gay clowns or they're pigs i don't know what beef he has with italian people i have no No, it's totally it's totally warranted we're terrible i have (laughs) you guys like i i've never i i never i didn't grow up in the east coast i never you know i guess everyone in the east coast was like living in like in like some like it hot where like italian people (laughs) were just like spitting at black people or they were trying to fuck them uh but I, you know, I grew up on the East Coast where it's like there were like three Italians and they were all eighty-seven thousand years old. So uh, no, no beef, you know. But no, yeah, Bob that's a great. Doing great correct film. Italian representation, in my opinion. Like, that's a great know, film. I, and then I just just read any other Spider-Man comic from before nineteen ninety-four. Read Spider-Man twenty ninety-nine. I, I actually, I just want to say on that note, just before we sign off, that makes me think about something, which is that like any. Any genuine artistic expression where where you're you're just putting yourself and your view of the world out there is gonna carry prejudices and ignorances with it because nobody has an absolute perspective of the world. So like that has to be an acceptable part of art, right? Not not being like outright a Nazi, but like all art, all expression that's really creative is gonna carry biases and, and ignorances and prejudices and, and misapprehensions with it because that's built into the human condition and we have to fucking live with it and accept it and even love it and find utility in it in 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 the in the perspectives of others for both what they see and don't see hell yeah so well um before we sign off to the for the night we got two two brand new patrons <laughs> Uh, so thank you to Tino, aka Movie Bob Walker. <laughs> that is, I I still have yet to see the movie Slob at a premiere uh, or like a Boston-based film event. And when I do, I'm gonna like point and shriek at him like uh, Donald Sutherland at the end of Body Snatchers. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna like scream Lindsay um. Ellis's name. Uh, 
and thank you to this. This came through at a uh, seven o'clock this morning. Yeah, just under the wire. Uh, thank you to Vince. Vince, right under. Uh, so unfortunately, Vince, you missed the uh, Patreon raffle. Um, I polled, and our winner is the Beak trademark, and he's uh, or they are going to have us watch. Uh, uh, God, V for Vendetta. Because oh, yeah. they want they wanted they want they want to hear Stu talk more about Alan Moore. Well, I think actually uh Cole probably fully knows more about Alan Moore than I do. You know what? That's actually one of my more weak spots where I've only read it once. I yeah, I was gonna I've read it once. I was thinking I'd 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 reread it and then we could do the movie, yeah. It's okay. The movie's fine actually. we we'll probably have a good time with it. No, I think I think I think that'll be a solid up. A good recommend, something interesting. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much to our patrons. You've uh, it really does make a difference in our lives that you kick us a few bucks, especially here actually, literally, literally yes, actually, rate. you guys. I got my hours changed at work, so I'm working about three hours less, and I was able to take the money out of my Patreon and still have the same paycheck that I was used to. So thank you guys, and yeah, uh, we'll see you guys. again. We'll see you again soon with more transgressive, racially loaded commentary. Yeah. Next Bye-bye. next episode, our most racist yet. Bye. (laughs) Oh, my God. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Jim's not going to appreciate that. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. This is our most right-wing episode ever. (laughs)